my friends, and welcome back to a, another delightful episode of Phantom Talk. First and foremost, we want to thank uh, Closed on Sunday for that fantastic opening for us uh, in this new podcast. We really appreciate being able to use their music. It's really some great stuff. You guys can have to check it on YouTube and Spotify uh, for basically, mainly Star Wars, but of course on this one it is the Avengers theme. Um, but before we get into Thor the main crux of this this podcast we'll go and introduce everybody who is on the podcast first off we have the ever loving the hawaiian shaved dice over here why mm. say my brother josh josh you doing all right today i'm brought to you by the wacky tiki the best i've chased uh, uh shaved ice stand mm. in owensboro so so good it makes you say your words backwards exactly yeah it's crazy there is no alcohol in the shaved ice i do promise i don't believe or maybe you. i don't know it is, it is the wacky tiki. It's wacky. So I don't know. <laughs> hey, ask me which one I'm... Which one? What are you drinking? This is the Joe Exotic. This is the Joe Exotic <laughs> yeah. Hawaiian shaved it's, ice. It's, it's tiger blood, orange, and grape, and it is fantastic. See, you get you get it, right? Because ti- tiger blood I, I got and it. orange and grape. I got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Moving on to the other person who has previously brought us another sponsor, my sister Jenny, better known as Admin Raven. Jen, how you doing tonight? What up? I'm doing good. Sweet. And of course, our wonderful, wonderful friends, the Manny Lees, Al and Alyssa, better known as Red Lanyard and the Snarky Shark. Al, Alyssa, how you guys doing tonight? Hello. Al is currently wrangling a kitten. Um, he just got back. I'm back. I won. <laughs> you won. <laughs> good, good. Let the record show that I was not bested by a eight-week-old kitten. She, that, she that, had you. She had you on it, the ropes, though. It, it wouldn't be difficult, and none of us could blame you. Well, first off, guys, uh, if you have been listening to some of the podcasts we've been doing recently, first off, we want to thank you for that. Uh, we always love and appreciate the support that we get from you all. Um, as we have been doing, trying to do different series, um, as you know, of course, me and Al have still been doing the EU or EU review of multiple different Star Wars events, comics, shows, and books, and pretty much everything else from the Star Wars Expanding Universe. Uh, and this summer, we are doing the Hotter Than Mustafar Summer event, talking about three different Darth Vader comics. We already have one of those up on Spotify and iTunes right now. And this month, we're also covering the first two um uh, arcs of Charles Soule's Darth Vader run, so if you want to get caught up on those before that podcast happens at the end of this month. And another series we've been doing, <coughs> of course, as you know, you're good. Another series we've been doing, of course, um, starting last month and also continuing to this month, is the Brothers with Issues comic podcast mm. with me and Josh. Uh, we've been focusing on the uh, two main event comics that have been coming out of DC and Marvel uh, in the DC's Dark Crisis, and then Marvel's of, is it just Avengers, X-Men, Eternals, Judgment Day? That's Judgment what it's Day. called, Judgment Day. We so, might we might want to actually, um, we might actually start earlier because that big Hellfire Gala issue comes out next oh, week. Oh, yeah, good point. Which I'm assuming is the kickoff point. Sure. We're like, you know, like the X-Men are just like, we're happy. And then, and then the, know, Eternals and the Eternals are up. like, we're horrible about everything. Yeah. So like, here we are. Yeah. And, you know, that's what I'm assuming happened. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, be looking out for that. We're going to be recording the Dark Crisis episode sometime this week, um, and then we'll be having that out for you all sometime this week. And then going forward, just you know, keep an eye, keep an eye on us. You know, hit 
hit the follow, you know, and streams, streams, you know, yes. Follow, follow us on fan correspondence on Twitch. And then also Al is about to start up streaming as well. Um, so you can actually, I think it's just, it's just red lanyard as one word, Al. On your um, I be- Oh gosh. <laughs> I believe that I believe there's an underscore in between red and lanyard, but I could be wrong about that. Um, well, uh, yeah, it's easy search for that. You'll find me either way, I believe. So it's all good. Well, the easiest way to find you is actually to go through the link tree on Instagram, which has multiple different links to the different things that we're doing for the fan correspondence and or just go to my uh, Twitch channel as well on the fan correspondence and then you can find it on there. So anyways, moving on, though, our main topic tonight, we are talking about Thor Love and Thunder just came out this past weekend. All of us were actually able to see it uh, pretty quickly and we're actually able to sit down all five of us and actually talk about it, which is a rare occurrence anymore with all of our crazy schedules. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, we're so happy to be back together. Um, and to have everyone. Yay. Yes. Yay. Um, <laughs> the first, if you have not seen the movie yet, the first part of this is just going to be general thoughts for the first few minutes. And we're going to try to be as spoiler free as we can. Um, but then moving forward, we'll be getting into spoiler territory after that. So, Feel free after, uh, like I said, that first question. If you guys just want to kind of pause this real quick, go watch the movie, and then come on back to us. We completely understand. Um, but either way, thank you all so much for hanging out. So first off, general thoughts of the film. Al, we are going to start with you, my friend. What were your general thoughts of Thor Love and Thunder? Oh, boy. Um, yeah, um, general thoughts without going in any spoilers whatsoever. Um, I personally really enjoyed it um it had a couple of mm, had a couple of kind of storytelling flaws i'll say without again without going into any specifics that i think could have been corrected in a couple of easy ways but um overall i really enjoyed it um i know this isn't the popular opinion as of right now but um, I honestly kind of enjoyed it a bit more than I enjoyed um, or Ragnarok, mm. um, which I'll go into a bit more um, as we talk a bit more about it. But but yeah, it was a positive experience for me. Mm-hmm. Nice. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Um, Alyssa, your general thoughts as well? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, probably not as much as Ragnarok, but... Um, Overall, it was just a really good time. Um, it was it was almost like a good palate cleanser in a way. Um, just kind of a throwback to like earlier feeling Marvel Marvel movies, while we're also like now moving forward into a new era um, or a new phase of Marvel. So I don't know. I I had a good time with it. I've never been like a huge Thor fan, so the fact that I enjoyed it said something, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, not think you're absolutely correct with that. Uh, it does, it does not shy away from wanting to have fun and also really kind of throw all the like awesome superhero stuff right right at us from the from the get go. And uh, so, yeah, no, I definitely definitely agree with you on that one. Um, Josh, your thoughts on the film? Yeah, I mean, I. I'd, um... Like Alex, my favorite of the Thor movies. Um, 
Or I don't know if Al actually said that. He said he liked better than Thor Ragnarok. So I just kind of made an assumption about what Al said. So forgive me if I did that. But it's my favorite of Thor movies. Um, I thought, uh, I agree. I think there's some storytelling issues. Um, it definitely has some very abrupt shifts in tone um, that are uh, almost mind-bogglingly abrupt sometimes. Yeah. Um, between going from like the zany adventures of Thor to let's question, you know, uh, you know, the, the gods plan for us all, you know, like you go, you, you really facilitate between those two, <laughs> uh, themes pretty, pretty heavily here. Um, but I really, I really dug it. Uh, it's Chris Hemsworth's best work in the role. Um, Natalie Portman's fantastic as Jane Foster in it. Um, and I don't think it's really controversial to say that Christian Bell's Gore the God Butcher is probably the best MCU villain since um, since Killmonger, probably. Mm. I mean, I don't think it's that's I don't think that's a controversial statement at all. You know, yeah, some people put I mean, Thanos up there, but well, I, I'm not counting Thanos. Okay, but fine. Okay, well, so so saying. fine since Thanos. Okay. okay, I'm just saying Thanos is in their own little thing. You know, gotcha. he's, he's out there doing his own thing. Doing his own thing. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, I do. Um, I kind of agree with the abruptness because like the more I thought about it in certain, in certain scenes, it does have, I think it could benefit from like maybe 10 more minutes of screen time just to let certain <laughs> scenes breathe. Um, Cause I think there are, there, there were at least two moments that I can think of just off the top of my head that kind of had the same energy from threat level midnight where Dwight just goes, Michael, he died. Yeah. And then it just cuts to the, like the music yeah, kicks in. Exactly. And for the record, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you're going to start basing your movie off of anything, yeah. you might as well do it off the greatest of Michael Scott. Yeah. But but there are some moments where it it does hit like that. Yeah. Um, That's pretty fair. But it is it's still a really good movie. It's still we, really good. We, killed Jenny, we that, have killed Kenny. Yes, but that might be the most perfect explanation of what I'm talking about. It's just it does. There are some moments where that just hits you. Um, and, and like I said, it's, it's still a really good movie. It's just, I, th I think, like I said, five to 10 more minutes, just let some of those scenes breathe a little bit would, would definitely help out. Um, but Jenny, if, if you can, yeah, uh, Jenny, uh, I'm sorry. If you, if you can, if you can, uh, muster up <laughs> without, uh, without laughing too hard, what were some of your thoughts on or general thoughts on the film? No, I really liked it. Um, Ragnarok is still uh, my favorite, I feel like, for obvious reasons. Um, I feel like this movie was lacking, was lacking a certain character. Um, mm. But uh, it was a great Thor story. It was fun. Um, you know, it was it was enjoyable. I liked what Alyssa said about it, kind of feeling like old school Marvel. Um, and yeah, But, I mean, I also agree with you all about how it was kind of like, the tonal shift was um, kind of odd at times, but I do feel like, you know, this, most of the Marvel like space era movies like Guardians and Thor just kind of do that in general, but this one seemed a little worse, but, uh, but no, I liked it. Uh, not as much as Ragnarok, but you know, it's good. So I am curious if, if Loki would have, would have been in this one, would this have been your favorite of the, of the Thor films? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I was trying to, I didn't know if that would be a spoiler or not, so I was trying not to say that he wasn't in this. Oh, well. Um, well, well anyway. Guys, look at him. Or was he in it all along? Oh. Ooh. Ooh. 
Well, so you're right. You know. Who who knows but, now? <laughs> not you, not me. Oh. Probably not Taika. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, but moving now, on into the. What did you say? I, I was just saying I don't know if that would have changed anything or not, but probably. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, moving on into the act, the actual spoiler territory. Um, Al, the first question is going to go to you. So, apparently, some people have not really enjoyed him as a director. I think that's kind of odd. But, Al, my question for you is, is Taika Waititi the perfect Thor director? Um, so, I don't, so, yeah. I, uh, I literally did not know that anyone thought bad things about Taika Waititi until that's literally three minutes before this podcast. Wow. So, yeah. So, so hit, hit me with it, Al. <laughs> um, what an odd question. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, like I, I personally enjoy the two Thor films that Taika directed, um, a bit more than I enjoy the other two Thor films. Um, <laughs> I mean, like I, what a strange question. Um, <laughs> like, I've, yeah, I guess I'll just talk about how like how like i i did have issues with a couple of the things um that happened with this film and also with ragnarok as well um i'll be honest i don't think either of them are are completely flawless mcu films but um for this weird reactionary kind of backlash thing um that people are having um, to just be like, well, actually, Taika is a horrible director and doesn't understand any of these characters. Um, I don't know. I think that's just kind of the internet being the internet. Um, and they have something that didn't live up to whatever their collective expectations were. And so now um, uh, they just want to put the blame on somebody. Um, and... You know, out of the people associated with, um, out of the people associated with Oven Thunder, it's it's probably the easiest to put the blame um, on the indigenous individual um, um, on the internet. But uh, that's all I'll say about that. Um, oh snap! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean. I really enjoyed this one. I really enjoyed the direction um, that Taika takes these films in. He's definitely a director who's not afraid to have fun with his characters and with his stories. Um, and I think that's something we need a lot more of going forward. Um, because while we've had um, terrific stories being told um, in various um, MCU and, and other comic book related projects, um, I always seem to end up enjoying the experience more when you can tell the people involved are are having fun. Um, in yes. addition, in addition to telling a good story, um, I think the two things can coexist, and I think Taika is pretty good at being able to do that. Um, a lot of uh, now, I will say, a lot of the tonal shifts and tonal issues that both um, Love and Thunder and Ragnarok have that you guys have talked about. Um, I agree that those are present 
for sure. Um, um, I'll go as far as to say, like, the reason why I said at the beginning that I like this one a bit more than Ragnarok is because at least with this film, um, there were shifts in tone, whereas I would argue in Ragnarok, there really weren't. It was just kind of like, let's be as 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 insane and zany and make as any jokes as we possibly can and not let any serious scene breathe whatsoever. Whereas this one, I felt like Tycho was uh, was reining himself in a bit more and actually allowing the tone to shift a bit. <laughs> Whereas I'm not sure that really happens at all in Ragnarok. But um, but yeah, I I enjoy his take. Um, like again, I think these films, these stories are best explored and experienced when you can tell that people are having fun with them. In a to being invested in the characters and the stories and how they play out. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely agree with, with that. Mainly, just if nothing else, then you know, Chris Hemsworth has gone on record as saying that pretty much like everything post Age of Ultron has been his favorite work with the character. You know, in, including you know the the Russos Avengers films and uh, Taika Waititi's two Thor films now. Um, and, and it's it's clear to see why he why he would enjoy that more with you know. I mean, I think I think his arc works a little bit better, um, and so yeah, no, I I I I just completely agree with that. Um, I um, I I do, I, you know, you're you you hit the nail on the head though when you were talking about Ragnarok, Al, because like there were so many times throughout that film that I was just like, I just don't really know if I enjoy this as much because like you said, it does not let anything breathe. And with this one, I think that's why I enjoyed this one more is I kind of went in expecting that and then was kind of pleasantly surprised when they were able to let, you know, like I said, I know we, we made that comment earlier where certain scenes don't really get the chance to breathe, but they do. I think they still handle, you know, stuff like Jane's storyline very well. Um, and, and in a special way as best they can. And I, th- I think they handle that just really, really well. Um, but speaking of Jane, that actually moves us on to Josh. Um, Josh, does this performance make up for Jane Foster not really being the best in the first two Thor films, in your hmm. opinion? Um, well, they do. <laughs> it's funny. You know, my, my biggest question about bringing Jane Foster in as Thor really had nothing to do with the idea of having Jane Foster as Thor as much as it had to do with having this Jane Foster as Thor. Um, because I did not think the character, character's written very much as a, uh, instead of as a brilliant scientist, um, you know, trying to save the planet and all her stuff is uh, really beneficial to the people of the world, like in the comic. Uh, she's a needy girlfriend in the first two movies. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's really a demerit on the character. Um, so my, my question from the beginning, in fact, I think we even did a podcast where I asked the question, you know, like, you know, how are they going to make her worthy? And of course they do an interesting workaround on that, which is they're basically like, ah, she's really not, you know, we had a, uh, basically Thor kind of binds her to the hammer, uh, when they're dating. And so the hammer calls her and that's how, uh, she's able to, to be, will the power of Thor. And she seems to uh, work her way up to worthiness, so to speak, uh, by the end of the movie, uh, which I thought was an interesting take on on the on the mythos of Thor. 
uh, something we haven't seen before. But I thought it was an interesting workaround because, you know, now you can't have jerks like me being like, well, she's not worthy to, you know, will the power of Thor do to do to do, you know, and I readily admit I'm a jerk for saying that. Um, so, you know, but you, you've worked around that. Um, no, I said, I said at the beginning of this, I thought Natalie Portman was fantastic, um, you know, in full spoiler territory. Um, you know, they go completely with the, the whole, you know, what happens in the comics, the exact thing that yeah. happens in the comics where, you know, she uses every amount of power that she has uh, and passes away at the end and reaches Valhalla, uh, uh, you know, at the end of the, the final, uh, the final uh, credit scene. end credit scene. I was going to say cut scene. I don't know why I want to say Final cut, cut scene, scene yeah. so badly. Um, but like, uh, but <laughs> um, I guess because this movie does feel like a video game at times. But uh, but there there was, uh, I, I really enjoyed, uh, and I know Jenny will probably talk a little bit about this too, because it was a thing she brought up. I really enjoyed how the hammer worked for Jane. Um, one of the things that they've done really well across all the Thor movies is give Mjolnir or Stormbreaker a lot of weight, a lot of ability. You feel everything, you know, you feel, um, you feel when it hits, you know, you feel when it misses, uh, every single time, like she broke it into pieces and like just smacked a bunch of different shadow monsters or whatever. It was always really cool. Um, no, I, I really, I really liked her in the role. I, and, uh, I'm, you know, I'm perfectly fine. You know, if she comes back as a Valkyrie or if she comes back as Thor again, whatever. Um, there's no reason uh, to show her at the end of this. It, the only thing I would be upset with is if they were like, well, we put her in Valhalla. That was good, guys. So we're not going to do this anymore. <laughs> like, I, I mean, if you if you did that, I would be so upset. Um, so, you know, I would assume she's coming back. Um, and uh, and I would be really happy to see her in another movie. Well, do you think they might <laughs> do like a, um, like a Disney Plus uh, series with her? Yeah, they definitely could. Yeah, they 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 definitely could. Um, I mean, that would that would be that'd be really neat too. Um, you know what's funny? <laughs> it really makes me angry because <laughs> Jake, you'll know this. Jane's best storyline was Malekith, and I'm really upset we killed off Malekith. I'm really because like her best storyline is this really weird Game of Thrones thing where Malekith's trying to take over the realms, and you know he's like working his way in like through the politics of it and Jane's wandering around going I don't understand you guys don't understand this guy's like the dark elves have literally been trying to take over the realms forever and all these other people are like oh. I get so bad Loki has to stab her, his own mother to get attention at one point yeah like you know and literally that's what that's a thing that yeah. happens so like it, it's just it, I, I'm really really upset that we've killed off Malekith so maybe we can just like have Malekith Jr. show up or something. Christopher Eccleston hated this movie so much. Then, then get someone else to do it. Like Christopher Eccleston, Christopher Eccleston makes bad decisions all the time. He hated Destro too. At some point, it's not the movie's fault now, is it? Oh, okay. Oh it's his fault for taking these paychecks. And, and he can cry with the $10 million at home and mm -hmm. be like, I hated these movies so much. Okay. While we sit here poor talking about it on a podcast. Okay. <laughs> so like, you know, I don't want to, I, I don't want to hear that anymore. Okay. So someone else who wants to play the role, give it to him because like, there's a missed opportunity there. So hashtag Josh for Malekith. Is that where Malekith we're at right Jr. Now? Because we did kill Malekith. Okay, okay. gotcha. So, so, so Malekith hashtag Jr. Josh for Malekith Jr. Yeah, okay. Josh for Malekith Jr. Do you okay. want exactly that name? Yes, or, I do. Okay. Yeah. Malekith the Accursed Jr. <laughs> exactly. Okay. I want exactly that. Okay. <laughs> Incredible. Oh, goodness. Yep, that's... All right, guys. Thor, Thor 5. 
here, here we go. Let's get let's get the the Kickstarter going. <laughs> Anyways, move moving on. Um, although I, I did, Jenny, I, I, I'm with you. I I think a Disney Plus series would be really interesting because you could you could do a lot with that because not only with I mean as they've kind of been doing with a lot of Disney Plus shows where they've been kind of diving more into the what makes that character that character um which i think could actually really benefit for jane but also you could then get into more of the kind of storyline surrounding valhalla surrounding asgard uh yeah that's kind of why i said it because like the thing is yeah i've made no secret that i jane was one of my least favorite characters in anything uh so like (laughs) ever I would really of like all to, time, literally. So I would like to explore her because I liked her as Thor here, but like I had, to, I just had to like remove her. Like I was in my head, this was an entirely new character. So I feel like um, a series would definitely benefit uh, the Mighty Thor. Is that's all you know? I think it was well, it like was an entirely new character, though. I mean, in a sense, it was. You know, the first thing looks so like this. <clears throat> When we talk about uh, Taika Waititi and his strengths, um, a difference here is that, like, when he introduces Jane, you know, like, he's like, let's give him a lovable, let's give her a, an introduction that makes you like the character. So what would make you like the character? Okay, Jane's really getting chemo, but he's also going to take time to explain this Warhols. extremely difficult, you know, uh, physics concept to this kid who just wants to learn, Okay. Like, that's a likable thing that you don't see Jane do, you know? Like, you know, in yeah. Dark World, it's, you know, I, I sla- slapped you, you were in New York, why didn't you visit me? You know, like, this is a whole, this is a whole different character. Um, so I agree, I'd like to see, uh, I'd like to see more of her, you know, more of her character, and maybe in a Disney Plus, or in her own movie. It really doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I just think, but, uh, a movie would be cool, I just feel like we would get more from a Disney Plus show is what it, you know, so one thing, one, one thing we might get more of in a Disney Plus show, and Jake, if you're going to ask this question, stop me, but one of the more interesting things that when people say it doesn't, this movie didn't forward the Marvel Universe, um, this movie spends a lot of time dealing with what New Asgard is, which is mm-hmm. an interesting concept, and a very important concept to the Marvel Universe and the comics, which I have to assume is going to be important in MCU. Sure. So, um, this, and it's like this really, you know, diverse, you know, like, you know, come one, come all, you know, uh, you know, port community looks like. Yeah. Um, and you spend a lot of time dealing with it. It's un- understanding. You don't really get to understand its politics as much. Or what I mean by that is like how its governance is run. Mm-hmm. Except that you know Tessa's king, uh, or Valkyrie's king. Excuse me. Yeah, it really doesn't matter. You want Tessa Val, yeah. whatever. Um, but like um, you know, you you get to understand that. Um, but I'd like I, that's something I'd like to see explored more. And maybe a, to your point, can you maybe a Disney Plus series might give us more time into that as well. Uh, yeah, no, I, yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely want to know more about, more about new Asgard, uh, because, because that, that is one thing that I was kind of wanting to see more of, um, in the movie, but I think, like you said, Disney plus show could definitely benefit that. Um, yes. So moving on though, 
Alyssa, you you kind of just get the, just get the, the kind of the odd question here. Um, oh boy, you it's it's not apparent. Apparently, I really threw Al with that first one. I did I didn't think I, I would honestly, <laughs> but um, Josh has has already made the statement. But I'm curious if you agree. Is Gore the God Butcher one of the best villains that we've seen in the MCU? Oh, he's creepy as hell. I loved it. Yeah. Um, it, there was a point in that movie, I forget exactly when, but there was a point where, oh, it was when he was like loading all of the children into his creepy little like death carriage. Um, it took me a second to remember that I was watching a Marvel movie and not like the season's hottest horror blockbuster. Mm. Um, that was super cool. Also, did not realize until I was reading an article about it after watching the movie, did not realize that Christian Bale was in this movie. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like, super hardcore not paying attention there at all to, like, who was under all of that makeup. But, yeah, um, I would say he gets points for being, like, the creepiest Marvel villain so far. Um, I don't know necessarily like the best villain or worst villain or whatever superlative you had used there. Um, but definitely, definitely points for being like the scariest. Yeah, he, um, well, one you you mentioning that you didn't realize it was Christian Bale. I think that's a that's a testament to to not only his acting ability but also just the the makeup department just in general. Uh, oh yeah, and also who, my own ability to just not pay attention. Well, you know, I mean <laughs> but, that, that, that yes, that's part of it too. You know, um, the the practical effects and makeup department for all of these movies are just absolutely incredible. Yeah, no, you, you, we, we can't say enough good things about them, honestly, um, about how, how they are able to take certain things from the comics and really not only make it their own, but also really just kind of bring it to life just in general, um, even from the page. Because, of course, with this, you know, whenever his first appearance was first revealed, um, because he, he looks more alien in the comics. Um, okay. And I was, a lot of people were upset that he didn't in this. I, I was not. I know. It's a, be, it's a way better. <laughs> he, it's a I way feel better like, stylistic choice in this movie. I feel like if he was any less human looking in it, it would have been almost too cartoonish. Yeah. Um, and this is a movie that already has a lot of sort of cartoonish aspects to it which aren't a bad thing, but I think they needed, you know, the little bit of levity of just like, you know, all of these bright, beautiful, fun elements. And then just this one character trying to like sap all of that out. Um, I think that portrayed exactly what they were going for there, but, but yes, makeup artists, practical effects, costuming, I hope they have a union, and I hope they're getting paid well. <laughs> As do I, and if and if they don't, they need to. Um, but no, he um, the scene that really sold me on him 
um, I mean, of course, he, you know, Christian Bale's killing it the entire time. Um, but the scene that made me, that, you know, showed me like the movie, like everyone in the movie itself were taking this seriously and really trying to solidify that he is a major threat is when he's, when he unleashes all the shadow monsters on new Asgard. And then he's just like walking slowly through them towards Thor. Like I was, it was, it was almost like it follows Marvel edition. And I was like, Oh, okay. This is happening. And like the glitching in and out, like the teleportation almost through the shadows. Mm -hmm. Like that was, Oh, it was so cool. Yeah. It just it just worked really, worked really well, um, mm-hmm. and of course I spent I spent the entire time because you know like Josh had already made the statement um, after the last Marvel film and that you know he was like I bet I bet the Gore is going to kill Valkyrie and I was like that would suck and I don't want that to happen. I was close. You you were close. You were close. Mm-hmm. And when he hits her, I was like there it is. And so I spent the entire movie just terrified for Valkyrie. Um, you know, nothing against any other characters, but that was the one that I was because I was like, man, she is she is a great character that I could absolutely see them see them go ahead and taking her out. And I don't want that to happen. Um, so that kind of added to the to the fear factor of Gore yeah. as a character. Um, but uh, I don't know. Say what you want about Taika, but he is the one director in all of these movies that I trust to not kill off the queer representation. <laughs> That is fair. That, that, that is true. That's true. Um, so, Jenny, I, I am curious, okay, because I know you had a lot of thoughts about the way that trauma has been displayed uh, over this film and over really Thor's journey over the last few films and the way that it was also displayed in Multiverse of Madness. Could you talk a little bit about that? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Well, like, I mean, I wasn't on the uh, Doctor Strange podcast, um, so I didn't really get to say my piece, and I'm not going to take away from uh, Thor at all. But, you know, um, that was really jarring for me, because after I saw WandaVision, um, it was, uh, you know, you saw her kind of deal with a lot of her stuff, and, like, it, you know, you kind of got the sense, you know, she's going to be okay. And, um you know, if you've gone through trauma, you know, it kind of made you feel like you're going to be okay. And then like with Dr. Strange, it's like the female has to be completely crazy. And then with Thor, who, you know, the beginning of this movie, you saw the trauma he went through. And I think MCU has done absolutely beautiful things with his story. And he's, you know, ends up being like completely okay. And I think that's wonderful. And it's just like, this weird thing in media and entertainment where if a girl, if a female character goes through something, she has to come off as crazy. And when the males go through it, um, they, they're fine. It's like, they turn into like these zany fun, you know, dad, you know, type people, which is awesome. But I just wonder why the misogyny is so prevalent in media in that way that we can't have like a strong trauma survivor in media. And I will say that that kind of was the only thing I disliked about this movie. Um, well, not even disliked. Uh, it, it just like kind of made me, I don't know. I should have seen this movie before I saw Dr. Strange, I think, 
because like I just kept thinking like why can't Wanda have like this happy ending you know um and yeah I mean that's it but I'm sorry did you have a question <laughs> no I was, I was I was just curious on 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 your thoughts on that you know because I know because you had you had mentioned some of it some you know similar things to that right after we got out of the film yeah yeah um, and and I, I knew that that was one of the things that kind of as much as you said you enjoyed this movie, I knew that kind of that part kind of took it away, kind of in the, in the similar vein of like because I think you had mentioned you know s- similar things with Captain Marvel, you 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 couldn't really get it out of your head. Why does Black Widow not have a movie yet? But Captain Marvel gets one first. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's almost it almost seemed like just like the placement of the films were, were kind of were kind of what was taken away from that mm-hmm. for, for you in, in certain ways, at least from the, from the way that you had said it. Yes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, you know, but it's definitely one of those movies that the more I thought about it, like, I, I obviously like it. And I, I do think that they have written Thor's story probably the best out of all of the Avengers characters as far as like him personally, you know what I mean? Um, but I don't know. It just, it just bothers me that that's all like it just, it, that's like just in the back of my head because it, it just annoys me, I guess, you know, the patriarchy and all that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the patriarchy and all that. You know the patriarchy and all that. I like that. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> um. So, so this next one, I kind of wanted really just kind of be kind of open for anybody. Um, we can we can go we can go around. Um, I know we had kind of touched on it just briefly of, of like a Disney Plus series. But I was curious, so we'll we'll start back again with Al. Al, where does Thor go from here, in your opinion? Like, is is there going to be a Thor five in your in your opinion? Um, I think there'll be. Uh, I think there will continue to be horror films as long as Hemsworth is up to do them. Um, um I'll just say that I think um, it really. I think. Out of all the actors and actresses in the MCU, at this point, I think Hemsworth is probably the most in control of his own destiny as far as the future of his character in the MCU goes. Um, I think if tomorrow he talked to Kevin Fahey and said, hey, I don't want to do these anymore, um, then they just be like, well, okay, well, Thank you for your service. Um, <laughs> hope you can have at least a small role in the future Avengers film whenever that happens in the future. But um, yeah, sure. And I feel like also tomorrow he could call Kevin Fahey and just be like, hey, I want to do eight more of these films. <laughs> um, and Fahey would just be like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> um, so like I think out of all of the characters, or out of all of the actors who we still have um, in the MCU, I think Hemsworth has the most autonomy um, as far as where his franchise goes and how long it lasts. Um, but um, however, as far as story goes and greater kind of ramifications of where the character goes, where the events might lead to, um, Josh had brought up uh, before as an opinion that's just kind of um, 
out there, like on the internet, it exists, is that a criticism of this film was that it did not do anything to to move the MCU forward. It didn't have any. Um, um, it didn't carry the greater narrative anywhere. Um, and like, I'm gonna be honest. I think that's okay. I think it's good to have stories that don't necessarily have to completely alter the landscape of the Marvel Cinematic Universe um, every time it drops a beat. Like, um, I think it's good to have stories that just focus on the characters. I think a lot of times those are the best films and shows that we get are ones that prioritize talking about the characters and the character journeys and the character arcs rather than being obsessed with, okay, this has to like change the landscape has to add some big significant thing to what's going on in the MCU. I mean, just compare this film to like what um, the Eternals did. The Eternals tried to bring in really big significant things into the MCU. Um, and nobody gives a shit about the Eternals. <laughs> like all of those big landscape altering things that the Eternals film tried to do um, have not come up again since. Um, but with Love and Thunder, we get the chance to see, you know, we see character um, redemptions and revitalizations. We see characters continue their arcs. We see Thor himself. Um, go through a lot of of challenges and and come settling into a place where he takes on a new role for himself as an adoptive dad and, and trying to guide this new generation, um, both of his and and of Asgard as a whole. Um, and I think that kicks ass. Like <laughs> I think we need to focus on appreciating the small things that these stories can do rather than always asking, Oh, what's this going to mean for like Avengers 18 or whatever. Um, so like, you know, I don't know where these events are going to lead. Um, I'd obviously be down for, um, a Jane Foster Thor show on Disney plus. I think that'd be great. Um, um, I love to see Valkyrie have her own show and just kind of show, what other challenges face who Asgard. Um, I might be down to see Astrid slash Axel son of Heimdall end up in the Young Avengers. Like, um, there's a bunch of places that these characters and stories can go, but, like, I don't know. I don't think that that was the intention of this film, and I think that that's okay. I think it's still did really cool things without focusing on trying to change everything or trying to push everything into a certain direction either way. And I just kind of appreciated that. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I've, I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm tired of hearing the, this didn't move the story, the story forward. So it, it has no purpose. You know, or, or like it shouldn't even exist as as a production. I there were so many people who said that about you know like Moon Knight. What was is the one that I that I heard that about the most, and that doesn't even make sense to me because like 
although, yeah, it doesn't move like the grand, you know, story of Marvel forward, it's still six episodes that are fantastic of, of a character. And the same way that this, this movie is absolutely fantastic as well. And, and like you said, it, even if it doesn't move like the grand landscape forward, it still can do so much, um, to enrich the lore of the main care of the characters themselves, you know, and that's, I'm perfectly fine if that's, I mean, if that's what we get for the next couple of years, I'm fine with that. And, you know, a lot of people have also even said, you know, like that some of these stories were supposed to happen, you know, at different times with, you know, COVID and everything having to shut down a lot of these productions or really delay a lot of these productions. So that's why some of these might not be, not be coming out when they were originally supposed to. And why certain things might have already been hit. Like we might've already known more about Kang by now. If, if COVID had not happened, basically, um, and the and the grand, you know, design of what's going for what the MCU is going forward, but I mean, after what are we at now? Fourteen years of this franchise, you know, just giving me fair. I mean, pretty consistently getting and giving me, you know, eight to nines out of tens, if 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 not higher, then. Let's just keep them rolling. Like you know, no, no. Even if they're going to be focusing on one or two side characters or even major characters, and not progressing the main story, I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, Alyssa, I what what about you, dear? What what are some of the things that you would want to see from any of these characters, kind of going forward? Um. So one thing that Al and I talked about after the movie is that. The one thing it seems like they are building up towards that has not been confirmed at all is the Young Avengers. Mm-hmm. You know, we see all of like these little kiddos kind of coming through now. And I would really love to see that happen. Um, but, you know, like we were talking about before, also just kind of more individual one off stories with these characters. I think like the preference of the big events like Endgame versus, you know, kind of the origin stories and like the individual stories we get to see with these characters really does come down to a preference between, you know, the individual and the event. Um, I'm kind of like you all in that I do kind of just want to see more of, you know, a day in the life of Thor or a day in the life of XYZ other character. Um, I don't know that we're necessarily going to get that, but that would be nice. Um, But other than that, you know, it would be really cool to kind of just see this next generation of kiddos kind of come up through. Anything with, like, scrappy teenagers doing their best, like, automatically has my heart. So that would be cool to see. So when you're talking about Young Avengers, I am curious, are you are you thinking more of, as Al already said, Axel or Astrid or Axel slash Astrid, or are you thinking more like um, uh, Gore's daughter or both? I don't see. Yeah. Why not both? You know, mm-hmm. let's get some America Chavez in there. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, all of these younger characters now who are coming up through it'd be cool to see them i agree yeah no i I would love to see kind of a 
like kind of a legacy kind of kind of standpoint of like a passing of the torch kind of thing for, for some of the for some of these characters, you know. Yeah. While, while still having you know the mainstays and the veterans and everything, uh, definitely. Yeah. Um, I mean, and one just to interject and jump in real quick about like the Young Avengers stuff. Um, one complaint or one like concern I've heard um, concerning a future Young Avengers um, story or project uh, on whatever it may be is that right now they like don't have like a quote unquote heavy hitter to put on that team. Um, and like I can't think of a more perfect heavy hitter to round out a young Avengers team than, than like the daughter of Gore, the God butcher. Like that's <laughs> just that idea. Yeah. Sounds like the coolest, <laughs> like the coolest book uh, that you could hit me with. That sounds incredible. I just wanted to hop in and say that. Wiel- wielding Stormbreaker. Absolutely. Exactly. Like <laughs> it's the daughter of Gore, the God butcher who's wielding one of the most powerful weapons ever created under the tutelage of the God of Thunder. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. there's her heavy hitter, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like eight years old. Like, that's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> and the weapon itself that's like somewhat sentient. Yeah. So. And bigger than her. Just in oh, general, yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Which, um, I believe Jenny, in her. <laughs> I, I believe in a love. <laughs> uh, Jenny pointed this out to us before uh, right before we recorded this podcast and I did not know this um, that is Chris Hemsworth's daughter uh, Chris Hemsworth's daughter um, playing that role which is just awesome and I would I he he has gone on saying like you know like if they like he doesn't necessarily want them to be like his children to become like child actors or anything and I totally get that but if he wanted to come back and keep doing more Thor movies, that'd be pretty awesome, uh, you know. And I think if he was, I think if he was there, you know, to kind of balance things out, I think that would definitely help out too. So, you know, but but on that note, speaking of Jenny, Jenny, what are your thoughts? Where where do you think any of these characters kind of go from here? Um, man, I don't know. Like, I liked Alan Alyssa's answers like a lot. Um, I don't know, like. I'm kind of down for whatever. I think there's just so much you can do with, like, every character in the story is just very broad. I mean, even if you want to do, like, a weird one-off of uh, Matt Damon's character, uh, I mean, that'd be, <laughs> that'd be hilarious, right? So, like, yeah. I don't know. That's also uh, Brad Pitt there, just so everybody knows, isn't it? No, it's uh, it's Liam Hemsworth. Liam Hemsworth. Yeah. I'm sorry. Or not not Liam. Really? Uh, the, 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 the the Westworld one that no one likes. Yeah. I feel bad for him, but but he's really good in this. Yeah. Uh, oh. Wow, I feel bad for him now too. <laughs> yeah. I legit did not notice it was him. That's awkward. Yeah. It's it's the um. third Hemsworth brother, and then uh, Sam Neill is Odin, <laughs> and then of course now we've added Melissa McCarthy. And honestly, no, I'm I'm with Jenny. Like. <laughs> Like bring I in, want bring Melissa in... McCarthy to have a recurring Marvel role. <laughs> yes, yeah, I need that to I... be a thing. Here, she here's was thing. Like, Hila, like or Hella, whatever her name is. I loved it. I I say bring in bring in Louise from Ant Man as the narrator, and then you just have them <laughs> just acting out different Marvel stories that we've seen. I I'd be I would go broke watching that series. You know? Yeah, I think I think it'd be wildly successful. Um. Uh, Even if like, it was like a series of shorts that they did. Yeah. Exactly. Like, exactly. 
listen, they did the Olaf's storytelling thing. Yeah. On Disney Plus. Absolutely. (laughs) This could not be too much more difficult to do. (laughs) I need it. I know. I need it too. I need it too. I'm going to write Disney. Um, And then, yeah, Kid Avengers. That sounds fun. Um, I I obviously would love to see Thor randomly show up in the Loki series. Um, I think that'd be cool. Uh, I also don't think that's impossible. I think that could happen. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm down for whatever. Um, I think Thor is probably like low on my list of Marvel characters that I really enjoy, but like at the same time, there's just, I don't know, it's just, it's such a wide, like I said earlier, like a wide array of opportunities that um, you can do with it, so. Yeah, I I think they have to give us a, a Loki and Thor reunion eventually. Like, I think they just kind of have to, after after everything that's happened, you know, and and how how much they've both grown, you know, over over both the Loki series and then, you know, Thor and the Avengers films and, and going into you know, even in this film, um, I think there's a lot they could do with that. And I think that also not putting Tom Hiddleston and Chris Hemsworth in a room together is just that that's just if, if you don't do that, then, then you're you're failing as creators, in my opinion, because both of those guys just they are fantastic together. Um, and and as Jenny has has already said multiple times, uh, the best part of Thor Ragnarok is when they are together and doing their whole thing of you know trying to escape the um what is the what is the game masters play uh sakar sakar uh yeah and we're not doing help and and we're not doing help yes exactly (laughs) yeah that's just that's just a that's it's a great scene you know and i think they could they they need more stuff like that um uh i would i would love to see a reunion of the two of them uh in the second loki season or in the next thor movie or something like that um, also, also the goats. I want to see more of the goats. I can't believe oh my I'm gosh. And not mention the goats. I don't know how we haven't mentioned the goats yet. Because <laughs> here's the thing. Like <laughs> I know I think me and Jenny in our theater were the only two people who actually appreciated the goats. Oh no, no, no. Oh, you you did? Okay. I love the goats. Okay. The goats. There were <laughs> the goats are kind of the MVP of this thing. That's true. I'm sitting there going, I don't know how they're gonna make it move on the on on the uh thunderbolts not the 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 bridge what's the bridge called the bifrost yeah how are they gonna make a more bifrost next thing you know they got they got the guts and 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 jenny what noise do they make (laughs) okay yeah yeah i love them I, I thought it, I thought it was beautiful. I I, I thoroughly enjoyed the goats. So, uh, yes, I would like that to happen next. More more goats. More goats. <laughs> also, okay, all right. Here there, okay. There's your there's your Thor Loki reunion. Is watching Tom Hiddleston as Loki have to be the straight man while there are screaming goats right next to him. That <laughs> would literally be comedy gold. Like I would I, I would I cannot I cannot say how much I want that. Um, so, so yeah, no, we we definitely, that definitely needs to happen. Um, Josh, thoughts on where you think any of the characters in Thor might go from here? It's, y'all gave me a, a a gift because none of y'all mentioned Zeus. I mean, Zeus gets the first. Oh, I was sitting on that one. The, uh, (laughs) 
Zeus gets the first of the uh, post-credit scenes, mm-hmm. or the mid-credit scene, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, <coughs> where we're introduced to a very, very sexy, flamboyant mm. uh, Hercules. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I think all the... Who is that actor? So it's the it's the one of the it's the lead soccer player from Ted Lasso, but I don't know his name. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Yes. I, I look. Okay, it up. continue. Okay. Um, but anyway, um, just a very, uh, I mean, that's <coughs> that's a big deal. Um, you know, he's name dropped by Thor, and so I was like, well, maybe we'll see him. Of course, we don't. So I was kind of disappointed. Um, you know, there's been this whole thing with Hercules going back to even. When I, when I first started getting back in comics again, right when I was living, uh, you know, 30 minutes outside of Lexington, where there was this whole thing where Axel, it might have been Axel Alonso, or I can't remember who it was, but the editor-in-chief at Marvel at the time said Hercules would not be a uh, uh, um, an LGBT character. Um, and so, you know, that was a big, that was a big deal. And, you know, I think, um, I, I mean, I, I'm not trying to judge anything from, from a 10 second clip. Um, but you know, I just, I, I think, I think there's a very clear indication of what we're getting here. And I think that'll be a, a fun, um, a fun thing to step into. Um, and I think that's our biggest, I mean, cause like I, to me, that makes the most sense as a, as your next, you know, Thor, uh, you know, adventure, you know, Thor versus Hercules. I mean, that's, that's, that's a classic comic. Yeah, it you is. Know. You know, so, um, so no, I'm 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 there for that. I loved uh, Russell Crowe as Zeus, mainly because I hate Zeus. Um, <laughs> and uh, Russell Crowe would just leaned into yeah, go on and hate me, um, you know. And like I just loved the like the slow, like you know, like just the never meet your heroes. You know, Chris Hemsworth just like losing, <laughs> like <laughs> like okay, not the award for most people sacrificed to their god. Oh, that's not good, you know. Just like just like just just like slow you know, like, realization of what this person is. And then and the, just straight up murking him. Like, and then, yeah, my favorite yeah. my favorite part of the entire movie was him catching that light bolt and throwing it right back at him. Uh, yeah. Beautiful. I really but, thought he killed him. I was like, wow, they killed Zeus. All right. Yeah. Like, let's well, go. There won't be any ramifications for that. <laughs> well, that's kind of what he says. He's like, yeah. let's, not, let's not discuss the ramifications and the horrors that'll come from that, you know, but, yeah. <laughs> that moment in particular because like it kind of showed that beneath like the whole himbo exterior like thor is insanely powerful and like we know that but we don't see that very often so that was that was great that's that's been some of the fun of the of the mcu thor and the mcu's a lot of his fun has been you know when he shows up and he's like you know he's He's like, now nah, I'm going to deal with this now, you know, and like uh, that was one of those moments, you know, because I mean, and of course I was just devastated because I thought they killed off Korg. Like I was just yeah. utterly devastated. But he was, but Korg was the one narrating the entire story. Yeah, no, I know. I just, I, but you know, you don't, I mean, look, I just, listen, in the, in the heat of the moment, okay, you know, in the heat of the moment, <laughs> I was just like, oh gosh, they killed Korg, you know, because okay, he even says I'm perished. You know, yeah. like, I was just like, oh, no, you know, and then, then he's just a face, which is even funnier. Yeah. Uh, so, but no, I, but anyway, uh, I mean, that's the, to me, that's, that's the obvious place where this is going. 
And I mean, they could do some interesting stuff with the pantheon of the gods, particularly if you stay, if you stay with the Greek gods, man. I mean, there's really no Norse gods left anymore, um, yeah. or yeah. things. But like, um, both the pantheon of the gods, there's a there's a lot to play around with there. Yeah. You know, I mean, you've got things like Ares, you know, who is canonically a Marvel character as yes. well. You know, um, Hermes is canonically a Marvel character. What? Isn't that Harry Styles? So he is Eros. He's Eros. Oh, he okay, is, okay. yeah. My bad, my bad. And that's technically Rome. Yeah, right? okay. yeah, yeah, I believe so, yeah. So, yeah. So that's another thing. Like, you know, where was, where's... Uh, but they could, I mean, where's, where is he going to show yeah. up? Is he going to show up? In the, most people think he's going to show up in Guardians because, of course, feels like the first time starts playing when he shows up. So the musical connection is kind of there. Yeah. But, I mean, who knows? I just, I, I'm fine just getting... Harry Styles and the MCU just in general, you know. So yeah, uh, yes, I, I I knew Jenny w- would be a fan. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. But anyway, the Pantheon of the Gods was was to me the interesting thing. Um, and then the I mean, I look and it was, hmm? you know, trigger warning for thirty seconds of theology. I'm always <laughs> confused, always confused when you set up a concept which is. A god saying there is no eternal reward. And then you go to the end and there is an eternal reward. And they don't really they you've got you've got this moment where, you know, you've got like get you know, Sif, like Thor's like, well, you know, you can't you can't die here because you gotta die on battle in order to get to Valhalla. Which which I've you know, like I assumed wounds from battle, you know, are the same as dying in battle. Fair. But okay. You know, seems a little tricky to me, you know, but like, so, so to me, what I'm saying is like, I want to explore that more because Mm -hmm. now you've, now you've done a thing where you set up a concept where there is an afterlife concept within the MCU. And so I want to know where they go. Uh, They could be cowards. Maybe to that one. James. Likely to happen, mm. you know, tends to be what what happens. But uh, you know, I, I just I kind of want to see what they do with that if you, they do anything with that. You were over your thirty second warning, by the way. Just okay, up, you know. sorry. <laughs> with you, um, uh, something I did want to point out though, because you were talking about how they talked about how you had to die in battle to achieve Valhalla. Um, Don't do this. Hang on. This is a good thing. Okay. This is a good thing. I promise. Okay. Because um, something that our good friend uh, Johnny Marvel okay. actually pointed out to me um, was that Jane does not die battling gore. She actually dies battling cancer. And I was like, that's actually, I didn't really think of it that way. Yeah. And that's actually, that's actually really cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Okay, but it's not even that complicated. That's why I said, okay. okay well, excuse because me. Because the I, stupid kid that were behind us when we were watching this movie. Oh, they were the worst. Okay. Oh, yeah. Because it's not even that complicated. Uh, his, his Children, hands... if you're listening to this, shame on you. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's not even that complicated because, like, the entire reason she dies is because she blows up the hammer. Which is keeping her alive. Which is keeping her alive. Yeah. That's dying in battle. Yeah, fair, yeah. yeah. So, like... I mean, look, that's a beautiful thought. I yeah. get it, but, like, it's not even... You're taking an extra step that doesn't even need to be there. <coughs> Either way, you know, Jane's the best. Yes. And, yeah. 
Um, all right, so we are going to end this. Our our last point. Uh, we are actually going to borrow something from a fan favorite series uh, known as the EU or EU Review. I've heard about um, that series. It's a good series. Yeah, if, you, if you haven't checked it out, where do you where do you should. find that series? Uh, right here on the Fan Correspondence Spotify and or iTunes channel. Really, <laughs> it's crazy. Oh man. <laughs> Gosh, and who's the host of that series? Oh, well, that would be um, the illustrious Al. And oh, I hear he's very nice on the eyes. I, I, I've heard that and, and seen it myself. Even. Wow. Um, and also the um, ever so humble yet splendiferous um, Jacob Vance Hardesty. Splendiferous. splendiferous. Uh, personal fave, honestly. <laughs> mm, yes, yes. Um, but we are going to borrow... A, a moment from that because every every once in a while something that we talk about within Star Wars is how hype certain things can be in Star Wars particularly it really started with the Guinea Tartakovsky uh, Clone Wars because that, that's a lot of hype moments however this is also a film with a lot of hype moments so Al since you are the one who actually brought this up in the first place on the EU or EU review it seems fitting to start with you for what was your hypest moment in Thor Love and Thunder. Oh boy. Well, as you've said, there are a lot of hype things that happen. But um, um gosh, you, you know, it's hard to go against the child with um the stuff honey rabbit. Why don't you um, let me go first? <laughs> doing, <laughs> doing just a <laughs> just a tornado of lightning at all the monsters. That was, that was pretty <laughs> rad. But um, gosh, I am, I am going to go with one part of the film that um, um, I'm going to bring it up. A because it was really hype, at least to me, and B because it does show one of the weak points with the film, which I don't think we've talked about a whole lot tonight, uh, because this is a film with some flaws. The opening where you find um, on the opening where where Gore finds the god that he had been praying to and worshiping and stuff like that. And the very quick pipeline that you see from him finding this god he's been praying to and searching for becoming very disillusioned with this god uh, because he sees how much of an asshole this god is and picking up the sword and just killing him um that really quick kind of character journey we see with gore i thought was really really cool i thought it was really well done i thought it was a really hype insight into who gore is and it is a shame that we only get to see him do that once um i think for how short this film was especially compared to a lot of mcu films um this one is less than two hours long i would have loved like a like an extra 10 to 15 minutes just of scenes of of Gore the God Butcher actually being the God Butcher and going on a rampage of killing various gods. 
I thought that would have been even more hype and really would have um, utilized his character a lot more than what we got to see. Because a lot of what we got with Gore was a lot of, of tell, don't show. And I think that that was kind of a missed opportunity um, for that character and that actor um, in that way. But just that that quick introduction to him of showing like the very quick character journey he goes on to become the villain, I thought was really, really great. Yeah, it's a, that's that's a great one. And it, it, it puts you, it sets you right on his journey. Like you said, like it, it gets you right there and you know, like, like at that moment you're like, all right, so this is, this is going to be kind of an, at least whenever he's on screen, this is going to be intense. So, yeah, no, you are absolutely correct on that one. Um, Alyssa, what was your hypest moment of the film? Oh, boy. Um, I'll be honest, a lot of it kind of blurs together. Um, <laughs> because there were just a lot of, like, really fun or really cool moments where I was like, whoa. Like, audibly in the theater would be like, Whoa. <laughs> Um, just because it's fresh in my mind and it was like super, super cool. Um, just the lightning bolt through through Zeus, everything about that was super neat. Um, you know, you had the glowing eyes, you had just like those super fast reflexes, just snagging it and immediately returning it. That was, that was really cool. That was like. I got an audible reaction on me. Yeah, yeah, that got an audible reaction from a lot of people in the theater. Um, and then, like, in a less serious moment, probably, probably M- Melissa McCarthy appearing out of nowhere. Um, there were there were a couple of, like, middle-aged women there with their children watching this movie who, like, lost it at that point. And I felt that in my soul, so... That was a lot of fun. That's 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 fair. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, Vinny, your hypest moment of the movie. Um, man, I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, him killing Zeus that definitely got a reaction out of me. And then this is gonna. I, I don't know if it counts. But I was personally very hype about this. Okay, so like, yeah. But the introduction of the dumpling god was just, <laughs> I was very hype about that. Um, that was very hype about that. Yes, yeah. we all love that. <laughs> so, I, and I still think about him. I want a plushie of him. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with that. That's Jenny, what was your reaction at, like, the first glance at Natalie Portman's Thor Thor costume or outfit or uniform, whatever you want to call it? Like, the first time we, like, see the full shot of her? Um, I mean, I was, it it was just kind of, like, meh. Um, that's because I still hadn't decided if I liked Jane Foster yet. That's my Okay, that's fair. (laughs) So I'm not the best person to ask that. <laughs> it's it's very similar to oh good they made a female Toby okay well congratulations. <laughs> yeah. thank God for making two of you thank God uh, for making two of you exactly yeah. 
uh, on, on that point. Although I, I, Jenny, Jenny, there's so much in this movie. I, I had, I had actually forgotten the name of the Dumpling God, and so I, I'm, I'm glad. Wow. Bow the Dumpling God. Yes, I, I give me that Disney Plus story. Well, um, so okay, good. I get to do this then. So oh. the director did uh, Turning Red. She her previous work it should be on Disney Plus. It's a short story called Bow. It's about a woman who makes a child out of a dumpling. Oh yeah, we watched that. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that's what that is taken from. Uh, well, I'm gonna. So, to, I know what I'm gonna yes. warn you. Oh, there will be tears. Oh no. Oh yeah, absolute so, waterworks. Yeah. So, but that's that's what that I'm pretty sure that's what that was taken from. I mean, that's the first thing I thought of. It was a dumpling called Bow. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, like. Well, also that's like a type of dumpling. I did not know oh. that. Never know mind that. then. Yeah. Okay, forget everything I said except go watch Bow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, on that note, Josh, mm -hmm. uh, your hypest moment of, of the film. Um, so I, I am ever since I saw at a very young age the Robin Hood, um, the animated Robin Hood with the animals. Yes. Uh, I have always enjoyed uh, watching children um, beat up uh, people uh, with stuffed animals. So obviously the <laughs> Thor bunny was definitely mm. up there for me. Mm. Um, but the hypest moment for me, um, and and I think it directly correlates to Al's issue with this movie. It wasn't the Ribbon Girl? I did kind of love Ribbon Girl. Ribbon Listen, Girl I love, look, look, I'm telling you right now, there's going to be plenty of people, okay, <laughs> that are going, in the next couple of weeks, are going to tell me that we didn't need the Bollywood dance and Miss Marvel, and we didn't need all these children and Thor, and they're both going to be dead wrong. Both mm. those scenes were fantastic, mm. and I just want to get it out on the record that we needed all that, because it's core to this movie, because the point of this movie was, hey, New Asgard has to live on. When Gore's attacking the children, he's literally attacking the future of New Asgard. That's yeah. the whole point of this. So, like, uh, th there's going to be plenty of people who are going to be like, oh, that, didn't, that wasn't necessary. It was 100% necessary. I loved every bit of it. But it's not the hypest part of this movie. Mm. But the problem is the hypest part of this movie can't exist if Al gets what he wants. Hmm. Because Gore gets forgiven at the end of this movie, essentially. I mean, that's, mm. I mean not really, but essentially. Mm -hmm. Okay? And the only reason Gore gets forgiven is because we as viewers have not seen him butcher all these people. We've seen the after effects of it and all this stuff. And the reason I know the vast viewing majority, you know, uh, vast viewing majority that would have watched this, would have watched Gore butcher people and everything, would have been like, oh, it's really horrible that Gore gets what he wants at the end of this thing, that they wouldn't have accepted this ending is because so many people didn't accept the ending of WandaVision as it was. And I know everyone's getting sick of us bringing up WandaVision, but I'm just saying, like, I think that's what directly correlates to why you only get Gore killing one god. Because the ending of this movie is fantastic, because it th essentially Thor goes, hey, Gore, congratulations. You won, okay? And you can do what you want, but I'm going to go hang out with the woman I love, and you decide if you want to choose love or you want to choose hate. That's essentially the ending of this movie. Yeah. And that is a hype moment for a Marvel movie that we've been told for years, all of them in the same way. They all end with these giant fisticuffs and, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, CGI battles. They all in the same way. And this movie literally ends with two people dying and Thor adopting someone who has literally tried to eliminate his entire genus. 
Okay. Uh, the daughter of someone who's literally tried to uh, eliminate his entire genus. Mm. Okay. You know, and like, you know, and just that, that scene of, you know, like, you know, Gore going, I'm sick, I'm dying, she'll be alone. You know, and Natalie Portman, Jane Foster going, no, she won't. You know, without answering for Thor, without even, like, just knowing what Thor's going to do, mm-hmm. because that's what Thor is, that's the hype moment of this movie. And that's the reason why I can't, I have a lot of issues with this movie. This movie's like a Tyler Perry movie. It goes up and down <laughs> all the way through the entire thing, okay? You know, it's like, it's really, it's really hype, you know. Thor's, like, doing these really stupid, like, you know, like, these really stupid, like, you know, we're going to go get the children, and we won't eat the children, kind of this funny, haha, and there's goats that are screaming, and then Gore's, like, ripping off things, heads of things, and throwing them at children in the ne- very next scene. You're just like, what just happened? You know? <laughs> so, like, I mean, it goes up and down like that. But the ending of this movie was one of the more perfect endings we've had in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, and so, for me, that's that's the hype moment. I, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, uh, definitely a solid pick. Um, I'm actually going, I'm actually going to go for the big CGI battle though. Um, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be that person. Um, because it was, it was already briefly mentioned, but literally any time that Jane sent the like shrapnel of Mjolnir out mm-hmm. and then it returned was one of the coolest things I've ever seen in, in one of these films. Um, however, the but the moment that I was just like, this is just great. This is just this is just pitch perfect is when the very opening is the Guardians trying to fight this battle. Okay. And they're all just having they're 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 all just basically having a blast while doing this, but they're not really making any headway because they can't because there's because these obscenely just funny looking bird monsters have taken over this entire tower and they call in Thor. And the fact that Peter Quill is so hyped that he's like quoting the lines with him. Uh, I just love that. And then it goes into this, this like pitch perfect, just Thor taking down all of these, all these guys. And then he does the splits between the two, between the two cars. And it's just, it's, Meanwhile, Welcome to the Jungle was playing in the background. Mm. It was literally, like, it was a moment that, like, little eight-year-old Jacob would have been like, this is the best thing ever. And then 27-year-old Jacob was also like, this is the best thing ever, only in a slightly lower tone. Right, Um, Not not as low as you might think, but a slightly lower tone. Um, You know, with with a giant popcorn bucket and the Thor cup in hand. Um, which yes, we did get there in time to get some of the Thor cups, you know, that, that was wonderful. Um, with that just happening, that was one of the most perfect introductions to what we're going to see in this movie of just a solid Thor adventure. And so that's why the opening to this movie is the, is the hype moment for me. Um, so, so yeah, I just, I just loved, loved that everything about that opening. Um, I also, I love that, like, as far as we know, everything in this movie could have just been slightly exaggerated. Because again, like this was being narrated by Korg, who yes. is Thor's biggest hype man. Yeah. Right. So like oh, yeah. I like I don't know. I have just the head theory that like everything was just a little bit exaggerated, which makes it that much more fun. 
Yeah, actually, yeah, I I like that. I love that. Actually, I hadn't really thought of it that way, but I love that. That's that makes me like the movie even more now. Mm-hmm. Is that is that's all just a just a little bit little bit more grandiose because of, because of Korg. That's that's great. Thank you, Alyssa. That that's wonderful. Um, final final thoughts. Anyone? Or do we have anything to add that we have not covered in in this movie? Have we talked about the Pegasus? We have not talked about the Pegasus. Okay. No, the Pegasus. Yeah, that that was that was just really cool. We, we haven't we haven't really talked about Valkyrie <laughs> at all, and that's that that is kind of sad. Like, because Valkyrie's really cool in this movie. Yeah. But yeah. he's also like, she's the one. I mean, you know, no offense to Jane, but she if if there's a if I still say if there's a Disney Plus in the future, it needs to be Valkyrie running Asgard. And that's to me. Fair. That's that's the fun story i mm. think um because i want i want to see more of that mm. as the resident horse girl i didn't want to let the moment slip by without mentioning hey there was a pegasus in this and it was super freaking and the amazing. pegasus was great yeah the yeah. pegasus is great yeah. <coughs> yeah jane even stole it at one point yeah. yeah yeah oh that was another great scene by the way just the look of the look of utter defeat when jane shows up at that final battle on Thor's face. Oh yeah. It's just like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> never never have uh reinforcements been so devastating. That's true. Yeah. Um, but, oh yes, I, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Um I will just say, kind of revisiting the first question you asked me, Jacob. Um mm-hmm. one of my favorite things that has come out of the interviews and stuff um about this film is that Taika Waititi was asked, um, you know, Love and Thunder is kind of short as far as MCU films go, as far as superhero films in general go. Do fans have any chance of getting a director's cut version of this film with all of the extra scenes, all of the extra content that was cut? And... Our boy Taika said, no, because movies where, where, I forget what exactly he said, but he essentially said, movies where directors um, are allowed to not have their content edited and cut down are bad Mm. and (laughs) i wish that that attitude amongst directors of superhero movies was a lot more prevalent than what it unfortunately is Mm. (laughs) because like um it just reminded me of an article i saw the other day that was just like these ethical rumored you know three four five hour cuts of your favorite films um, are probably all horrible um, because that's not how movies are made. Movies are made with the intention of having things cut because afterwards you see that things don't fit. And I just really appreciate that um, about Taika. I know for some reason he's catching a lot of flack um, because the internet is insane. And again, it's easy to cast um, blame on the indigenous person in the room. But um, 
I just really appreciated that sentiment he has. He just very plainly was just like, no, because that's uh, that's probably a terrible film with all of the stuff not cut out of it. So I just appreciate that. I mean, give give me all the Taika Waititi stuff. Just I've I I I have yet to watch something of his that I didn't really enjoy, honestly. So yeah. Um, but with that, my friends, I believe we are going to go ahead and cut it off there. Thank you all so very much for listening in. Once again, please no, please check out the other podcasts that we have. Um, and also, if you guys have, you know, like I said, if you if you guys actually choose to, uh, to listen to an hour and a half of us rambling about about how much we lo- we love a movie, we we truly truly do appreciate you all so much. Um, thank you all for your continued love and support that you all show us, be it on our streams or podcasts, pretty much anything else that we do. Um, so yes, thank you all so much. As always, we're going to say that remind you that fandom is for everyone. Hope you all have a wonderful evening. We'll see you all next time. <laughs>